Hey everyone, you're listening to the Lakeside Church Post Message Podcast. We are in a series right now called God Talk, and this is following week two, which was delivered by me, John Bowles, on February 24th and 25th, entitled, What Am I Supposed to Do? Hey everyone, this is John, and we are in week two of our series, God Talk. This is uh, the Post Message Podcast. I am here with uh, my work wife, Sean Miller. Hey, John. Hey, hey, baby. Uh, we're also here with our friend, Alicia Wilson. Alicia Wilson. Alicia Wilson. Hello. And Alicia Wilson uh, works with us here in the office, and she is a bundle of joy. little and piece of Alicia Wilson trivia. She was a basketball player. Yeah. Yes. Like, but I am short. Yeah, well, Are you're you a Lakers fan? I'm a big Lakers fan. Oh, me. God have we have many... On your dark soul. Wow. We have many signed jerseys in our house. <laughs> oh, do you really? Oh, yeah. My husband is like ridiculous Lakers fan. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. And sad. <laughs> we have more championships. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> and true. And Golden State, right? Yes. Yes, okay. Yeah. It's all right. Sure. I yeah. just like talk smack. I really know nothing about sports. And act like you know sports. I know nothing about sports. <laughs> I need to find an in every once in a while so I seem important to people. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, ah, I hate the Lakers. You wrote a haiku poem about sports, didn't you? I may have. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love sports, so when I get to go to live sporting events, then I'm all about it. Otherwise, I don't even know what season it is. Yeah, like I don't like hockey, but when I'm at a hockey game, it's fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Lakers are a hockey team, right? <laughs> See? Yeah. Well, just yeah. good basketball players, but that's okay. Well, <laughs> we are excited to uh, talk. This, this, post message, uh, bleh, 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 this post message podcast uh, is really designed for us to talk about things that we didn't get to talk about on any given weekend and raise some questions and talk about some of the things that everybody that's listening might have on their mind. So, so... It's all game. Yes. It's all it's all on the table. So throw down. Well, and you you spoke this week. I did speak this week, and I loved it. Okay. I, I love just... speaking. I'm not saying I love my message. I love I love speaking. Amazing this week. <laughs> I know. I love I love speaking. It's it's so fun because I believe in this stuff. You know, yeah. I actually do. I really believe that there is a God who wants to breathe life and hope into us, and that we should learn to talk about Him. For those of you that aren't here, which is all of you, I'm looking at John's Bible with his notes. It's interesting. I've never seen the way oh. that you oh, take notes. do your preaching notes. Yeah. Well, I make little highlights on the things that I know I have slides for because I'll nice. get off on a tangent and I, I'll talk, 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 talk. And the people putting up slides are like, where in the heck is he? So I put highlighted notes in my Bible, so I can see this is exactly what the slide says. Click now, please. So, yes. I, so I know what's going on. And Fantastic. your font is as big as the script in the Bible. It's so tiny. It's tiny. That's awesome. That's the reading glasses. That, yeah. Okay, let's talk about that first. That was my favorite part so far. Oh, that I. Had I to mean, keep not my favorite. Taking my glasses on and off. The on and off. Yeah. Like scholarly John. Okay. So, you know, I, I did that once when I was in my 20s. I took my glasses off because I used to wear glasses all the time and I dropped them. Oh, no. 
and I was on a high stage with stairs, and they bounced on each stair no. all the way down to the front row of the audience. Oh, man. <laughs> Did someone Awkward give them to you, or do you have to walk moments. Down? No, I walked down and got them and walked back up. <laughs> oh, and man. I just kept preaching the whole time. That's real, man. Yeah. That right there, we're that's in, ethos. We're inviting the audience into our lives. Yeah, that is perfect. So let's talk about this weekend then. Um, okay. Um, did you write things in your God Talk journal? I did. Alicia? And I wasn't able to be there the first week, so I was really excited to get it. My husband was like, are you seriously getting up right now because you guys mentioned it? And I was like, oh, I need to go get it right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I went and got one. Yeah, and if, awesome. if, if you're listening, if you didn't pick up a God Talk journal, if you have been gone or you didn't pick one up, then we'll have available God Talk journals this weekend. They're basically, it's a diary, so you can follow along in the series and you can write down questions and aha moments and... So I loved it. What were some of the things that you were thinking through? I think my overall favorite thing from the entire talk was the Chinese proverb. Really? Yes. I loved it where it said, well, let me know if I wrote it down wrong. When the winds of change blow, some build walls and some build windmills. Yes. That was my favorite thing. Like, I want to put that on a plaque in my office somewhere. Oh. Seriously. That's... Um, yeah, I can't remember the first time I heard that Chinese proverb, but that is right. You quoted it correctly. You can Google it and you can find yes. it. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's fascinating. Yeah, some of us resist change and some of us say, how am I going to use this change uh, to my benefit or yeah. to the benefit of others? And in this in this context, with, with God Talk, we're saying, how do we use the change in the world around us uh, in the spiritual economy and with technology with our families mm-hmm. with political landscape mm-hmm. how do we use that to move us forward right i liked the the at the very end when you used the magic eye mm. oh yeah and uh you talked about three things you talked about trusting that the image was there mm-hmm. uh, you talked about letting it get me uh, letting it get messy and to relax, mm-hmm. relax, and just and just let it be messy. And um, and the fact that the image appears, the less we strain to figure it out. And I I would I would love for you, John, to unpack that a little bit more, because uh, one of the things you said was God's God is in the business of making windmills, mm-hmm. and He wants yeah. us to be in the business of making windmills instead of building walls and. I think he does want to want to allow things to get a little bit messy. I, I read the Gospels and I see I see a lot of messiness. You know, you got Mary and Martha. That's a messy conversation. Hmm. Sisters upset. You know, Mary is making all these provisions. Our, our Martha's making all these provisions. Mary is at the foot of Jesus, and actually, she's in the space that only males by custom we're allowed to occupy. She, she's being a disciple. She's learning from mm-hmm. the disciple maker, the master disciple maker, right? And it's just messy. I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about that just because I think sometimes we don't want our Christianity to be messy. We don't want our lives to be messy. We, we don't want Folsom to be messy. I mean, mm-hmm. we moved to Folsom and we live here and we order our lives and we like our checklists and we like our... I mean, I want my tax papers to be organized. <laughs> it's tax season right now. I sure. want everything to be organized. And sure. so uh, talk about 
Talk about allowing things to be messy. Well, you want your, your tax papers to be in order, and they should be in order, because there are laws that you have to follow, and there are dollars and cents on the line, and you have to make sure that you're inside of those boundaries, mm. and you want to make sure that you're A, paying as much as you should be paying, and not paying any more than you than you should exactly. be paying, right? <laughs> and so you those things take careful attention. But when it comes to conversation about God, uh, there is permission and there's invitation. And for some reason, God has chosen to work through imperfect people hmm. to talk about the perfection that we only find in him, hmm. right? And so God knows what he's doing, where we are broken and bruised and sideways and all those things we talked about uh, this weekend. Mm. And he, he says, I want you to enter into conversation with people, and there's no set prescription for this. I want you to be aware of what's happening around you. And when, when, you're, when you're constantly trying to be aware of what's happening around you, and you, as an imperfect person, are talking with other imperfect people mm-hmm. about something outside of yourself, and using an imperfect language mm-hmm. to talk about that, and um, then, of course, it's going to be, it's going to be super messy. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are going to be inquisitive at times. They're going to be angry at times. You're going to say dumb things sometimes. You're going to say potent uh, amazing things at sometimes, but we have to understand and we have to believe that God knows what He's doing, and and still He's invited us into this this conversation. So it sounds like part of what you're saying is um, take the pressure off of yourself a little bit. A- absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And um, I've heard it said. So there's a theologian named Peter Enns, E N N S, and he says. Um, God lets his children tell the story. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's letting us tell the story. He's, he's risking us communicating about Jesus, doing the God talk to one another. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty amazing that, that God's plan A is people, and he doesn't have a plan B. And so we can kind of sometimes take that and go, oh, man, that's a lot of pressure. Or we can go, oh, but God knows me. And... Mm-hmm. And it's okay. So this conversation can be a little messy because life is a little messy, and that's okay. Well, and think about, too, if you think about his inner circle, the disciples were the dropouts of the rabbis. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they were the guys who wanted to be rabbis but couldn't be because mm-hmm. they didn't, they weren't perfect in what they did, and all of so they were fishermen and all of this stuff. And so you think about, Jesus said, I want you to come follow me. It's these guys who didn't pass the test and weren't good enough. And they were from all these different backgrounds. Um, And yet he wanted them to be in the inner circle and be the people who represented him. Hmm. And even if you think about, I think, Peter, right? (laughs) I don't know. What are you going to (laughs) say? You know. Peter wrote a Chinese proverb? I don't know. You never know. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, he's... He's the one that God said, you know, I'm going to build my church. That was Peter. And he's the one who also said, I don't know who this man is. (laughs) 
Right, who who denied him. <laughs> messy. That to- relationship was totally messy. Totally messy. And yet God did beautiful things through him after that. Mm-hmm. You know, so I feel like people people believe that you have to have this perfect story and God takes the imperfection and makes beautiful things from. So even people are like, you know, when we're having these conversations with people who may not follow Jesus right now and maybe they were at some point. I, I know a lot of people just, uh, I have an aunt who says, no, it'll, the church will burn down <laughs> when I walk in. Yeah. And I'm like, no, because if that were the case, it would have been burnt. Like, the church would have burned up a, a while ago when yeah. we all walked in, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I know your aunt is probably a beautiful person, yeah. <laughs> but, but that, that comes from a place too of like how highly we think about ourselves, exactly. right? And then, Seriously. That, that we are, we're, we're the absolute worst. Like I'm the one that everything's going to crumble around for, you know, mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, it's it, it it's most definitely a messy endeavor, and but I understand where it comes from. I understand why the old school way of thinking is to make sure you have all of your ducks in a row before mm-hmm. you talk about God, and make sure you have your three points lined up, and make sure that you can concisely um, talk about Jesus with people. I know where it comes from, and and it honestly, I think comes from a beautiful place where. Uh, once upon a time, especially like in the 70s and the 80s uh, with evangelism movements, there's such a concern for people uh, that it's like, if I mess this up, this could be the last time I'm going to see this person. This could be their last day on earth. Like e- eternity is on the yeah. line. Like it, that's where it comes from. So while I can appreciate that, when I look at the biblical writers, when I look at the life of Jesus, when I look at the life of Peter, when I look at the life of Paul, when I look at the life of the prophets, you see they are always leaving open-ended conversations. Mm. They yeah. are always letting people walk away and scratch their heads. And so there's a tension there that, of course, Jesus was saying everything uh, like it all matters. Like there's, mm. there's a, a, an urgency because he loves uh, people so much. And at the same time, he was leaving room for process and, and messiness and... Um, um, you know, thinking th- things through and 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 uh, conviction. You know, those things, those mm. things all take time and sorting out as the Holy Spirit works with this. And that's something that, you know, I guess we could have t- touched on a little bit more this week too. Is that the the Holy Spirit, the Numa that we talked about? Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit <clears throat> has a role in this. Mm. He is the one who convicts the world of sin he's the one who and, and i mean right. by that i mean he's the one who steps in and says i want i want to fix all the broken relationships mm-hmm. that you have well and going on that that's something you said you kind of alluded to where you said we don't have to seal the deal right you know and that i think takes a big pressure off because i feel like i think not that god doesn't want us to have you know i don't know like inner like to be with this person and have interest in what they're wanting and all of this stuff. But to know that he's in charge and we do with, we're not, you know, um, he's ahead of us and we don't have to hold all of this on us. Like if they don't come to Jesus, then God's going to do something <laughs> to yeah. me. You know what I mean? Sure. I think it's a big responsibility because we feel like we're Jesus sometimes. And Jesus is like, no, I'm Jesus already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, knock, knock. I'm Jesus. <laughs> 
guess what? You Like you said, we get to come along. He's just inviting us to be part of it, is what you said this past week, which I loved because, again, it takes the pressure off. And it's like, we get to just be part of this cool story. And yeah. he's already won. He's already done all of these things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I just thought that was beautiful how you shared that. Huh. I want to change the subject a little bit and ask you to flesh some things out uh, in terms of uh, you use these different words, witness, ambassador, um, uh, teacher, and different things. And um, I, under one of the points that you made about being a witness, you talked about being concerned, remembering the story, tell the story. Um, talk about that a little bit. Like, like, put some handlebars on that for people that are, are going, I don't know how to tell the story. I just don't know how to tell it. Like, I know that Jesus died on a cross and he rose from the dead. But when I say that, people walk away laughing at me. Or they say, oh, oh, you're one of those. You're one of those people who believes in that stuff. Um, so I'm curious, like when you talk about remembering the story, mm-hmm. um, outside of initial contact, like asking people about their, about their lives and their interests and stuff like that and getting the conversation going... If I were to remember the story or to tell the story really well, if I had an opportunity to share something about Jesus, how, how do I go about doing that? Yeah. And I think that's a great question. And I, I hope to get into this a little bit more this weekend, this upcoming weekend too. But um, the only things that you can talk about are the things that you've heard and the things that you've seen and the things that you've experienced. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean... So when we talk about remembering the story and being a witness of the story, we're not talking about knowing and committing to memory the entire biblical accounts or the overarching narrative Mm -hmm. of God working with his people in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And we're not talking about what is to come. And we're talking about what is God doing in my life right now? Even if I can't describe it completely, mm-hmm. even if it's something that I uh, like we should have the freedom when we're talking to our friends and our neighbors and our family to say, I can't even explain what's happening in me right now. All I know is, and then fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. And you are being a, you're being a witness. You're being an ambassador to to the things that you know at at that time, right? Um, and I think that's one of the places we get we get tripped up if we think we have this job to do, and it creates all of this unnecessary unnecessary anxiety in mm-hmm. us as Jesus followers. We think that um, to do uh, due diligence, we need to be able to. Fill in the Mad Lib. <laughs> you know, we need to be able to fill in all of the the, the places. Uh, right. And but and and really, I think I mean that just happened. I wasn't thinking about this in in advance, but I think a Mad Lib is is a perfect way of kind of entering into those old things where there's a bunch of different blanks and and you're just filling it in as all you go. All the answers are Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. um, I just. Um, so you're being a witness to your own story, and, and then when you're in conversation with others, and this, and this is something we all need to get better at no matter where we're at on this continuum, is we need to be good listeners. 
So mm-hmm. part of being a good witness is me listening to what Alicia has to say about her life, which is going to spark conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I, we're going to have commonalities and we're going to have things that we get to uh, have friendly fire about and banter back and forth mm-hmm. and toss around and say, my goodness, well, all I know is this is how it, this is what's been going on in, in my life. And these are the, these are the things I'm learning. And, and then I think it's okay to say, I, I don't, there are things that I just will never understand. Yeah. I think, I think there's things that I just, I, and honestly, I've been, it's been four decades. uh, This is me speaking right now. It's been four decades. I've been calling myself a Jesus follower. And there are things that I do not understand about God. There are things that I thought I understood. And I will, oh boy. How many people did I beat up with that that thing <laughs> that I thought I understood that right. is that is not the way? Do you way think it that is. some of that comes from this um, deep felt need to prove something to somebody, mm-hmm. like like to prove <clears throat> God or to prove like like for a long time it seems like the church in our country has built a witness, as long as we're using that word. I think some of the older words are an apologetic, which means defense of the faith, or um, you know, our view of, of Christianity. We've built it on, we've got to prove this thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, not, I'm just not so sure that's how Jesus rolled. I don't think Paul rolled that way. Mm-hmm. I think that they gave an account. Mm-hmm. They they shared their perspective, and some some people had huge perspectives. The Apostle Paul, one of them. Mm-hmm. Other people had smaller, shorter stories, right? To share, they 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 had they were a witness, but it, it's really this collection of witnesses as you go along in life that kind of add to your story. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we walk as the ancient people of God walked, and that's by faith and not by sight. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of our God talk has been built on this this need that we have felt like we have had to have to prove. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to prove it to you. Yeah. Well, it's it's by faith. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I there was something I, I cut out of the message this it's week. It's not blind that, faith, but it's by faith. Yeah. Well, yeah, and. Yeah. And that's another important thing, too. And I want to come back to what you said about the proving thing. But, but, but doubt is not the opposite of faith. Right. Doubt is, is the weight of faith. Like, you can't have faith unless you have doubt. Yeah. Like, <laughs> unless things are messed up. Like, there are things. When I, when I sat down in this chair that I'm sitting in right now, I had faith that, uh, that those four legs were going to hold me up. Or in Sean's case, those two legs are going to hold him up because he's always leaning back in his chair. Mm-hmm. Doesn't um, <laughs> Tim Keller refer yes, you to know that? Me so well. Yes, yes. Yeah. In, a, in a reason to God, a reason for God, Tim Keller kind of refers to that. Like you have to have that in some way, doesn't he? Yeah, I, I mean, we have faith every day. When I drove here this morning, I, I, I didn't actually drive. I took an Uber. I had faith that guy was not going to kill me. And even if I were behind the wheel, I have faith that those cars coming at me at breakneck speed on the other side of the road are not going to cross that line. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, but I don't know that. <laughs> you know, I walk You're into like, it. It's like, it's like I, I'm dancing in the fog sometimes. I think that's a good metaphor for us as Jesus followers is mm, to, uh, nice. there's this whole, uh, there's this, um, this Greek term called uh, perichoresis, which is uh, the, the divine dance, um, which like, uh, which I think is this beautiful picture and imagine that we are holding hands and ring around the rosy style with the Trinity and, and our friends, you know, I mean, like kind of dancing in, in, in the fog together and, and, and it's super playful. I, I love that image. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right, Sean, that, that whole coming from a spot of having to prove something. Um, I cut this out of my message this week because I could have gone on forever and I needed to shut up. But, um, I, I wanted to be able to say, isn't it interesting, like, that for Christians, the books and the movies that get us super excited are the ones that prove God. Like, now, I I hope I'm not going to offend you if you liked this movie, and quite frankly, (laughs) I didn't even see it. I just know the plot. (laughs) I just know the plot, basically. But, like, movies like God's Not Dead. I didn't know. And then God's not dead too. No. Like I, I, I know that the plot is, you know, here's this this kid who's a college student who uh, is supposed to sign a form that says, uh, you know, God is dead and he doesn't want to do it, so he's got to stand up for his faith. And ultimately, there's this battle of wits between he and his professor, you know, about the existence of God. And now it could have been a fantastic movie. I don't know, but. Uh, but those things, like those scenarios for Jesus followers, and when we go, yeah, that's right, kid, that's right, like put the atheist in his place, man, <laughs> like the, the professor who thought he had it right, he didn't have it. Like we, we love those things. Why? Well, and if you think about it, anybody who's had conversations like that, I don't know of anyone that I where this has happened. Where if you've had that conversation, they're totally like, I'm gonna totally believe in Jesus now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you, you explained that this week too. You're just yeah. like, we're going to take this for the kingdom and all this stuff. And it's like, if I think about the one where you're trying to prove, it's it doesn't really work out that way. Because I think what people don't understand too is that the whole relationship aspect of what God came to do, that was the whole reason of Jesus coming here, was bringing the relationship back into it too. That was part of the, you know, reason. He wasn't the separate thing. He wanted to be more of this intimate you know, God with us, yeah. God well, with us, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Emmanuel, mm-hmm. God with us. Um, I mean, you touched on something really important, Alicia, and that is it's, it's relationship driven God talk. Um, uh, it, it really, I mean, of course we have those things where, you know, I, I, my friend John was telling me, uh, this week that his friend became a Jesus follower watching Billy Graham on television 25, 30 years ago. Mm. Um, that's awesome. Those mm. things happen. Yeah. I'll guarantee you, though, that decision didn't happen in, in a vacuum. That didn't just happen a, in a hotel room. That that happened over a, a course of time with people speaking into him and observations he made and questions he had about God. And, and like, that moment happened. Um, so um, having arguments mm-hmm. with people has never proved to be helpful. Now, I will say that, like, the closet archaeologist in me, the, the closet scientist, mm. the, the um, like, I, I love... <laughs> yeah, I, I love those. Yeah. I, like, when I, I read about 
you know, digs or things that they found. Oh, yeah. and, right. But but not so much from a, a spot where I'm like, see, yeah, see, exactly. see, man, see what I was telling you. It's a uh, wow. Isn't isn't that beautiful? I mean, of of course I would find God right. in science. <laughs> of course I would. I love that. I think that one of the most fascinating fascinating moments in the Gospels is when Jesus has risen again and he comes to the door and he appears really uh, among his disciples and Thomas is there and we we like to bag on Thomas all the time doubting Thomas doubting (laughs) Thomas and he's the one who said you know unless I put my fingers where the holes from the nails were where the wounds were um, I'm not going to believe and Jesus in or the or Luke in Acts chapter one talks about Jesus providing many convincing proofs to his own disciples that he was alive. This is so he's living, he's yeah. eating, <laughs> he's living <laughs> out, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's and he's having to give them many convincing proofs. And this is Jesus. We're not Jesus, and he's alive and he's among them. Jesus is not physically among us right now. And so, um, but what does Jesus do in that moment? He does something incredibly relational. He says, come over here. Hmm. Come and touch me. Yeah. yeah. Come and put your hand in, in my hands and, and in the side. And there, there's this incredible moment of come closer to me. Come closer to me. Come closer to me. And I think that's a lesson for us, this, this idea that we're inviting people to take another step closer mm to Jesus and we're one of maybe many voices in their lives and we're we're certainly not the father who draws so Jesus in John chapter 6 says no one, nobody can come to me unless the father draws mm. so we don't have to take the place of the father <laughs> yeah. you know we don't have to take the place of the Holy Spirit let, let's let God do what only God can do and let's do what God has asked us to do and that's love people share our story listen to their story share our perspective and um, and at the end of the day it's God that opens hearts yeah and that that's a way more I, I think it's much more beautiful in fact than than either arguing somebody into submission or treating people like robots and going okay now you will all believe what mm-hmm. you're supposed to believe mm-hmm. and we're all going to check the box off mm-hmm. um, and so it's a, it's it's a beautiful way to see God unfolding his plan yeah. Have you guys seen um, Bruce Almighty? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Sean showed a clip, of, actually, like, last, last oh, he week. Did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes, uh, that must mean you weren't in church. It Just wasn't. Call me, call me uh, well, yeah. I, and because I'm looking at Bruce Almighty right here. Oh, yeah, know? he does look he a lot like, like... Yeah. But that one part, I don't know if this is what you showed, so you can tell me if it's... <laughs> yes, I did show that clip where he's like, I'm going to make her love me. Oh, no, 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 we didn't show that clip. And it's that, you know, Jennifer... Every guy wants to make Jennifer Aniston love him. <laughs> <laughs> but you couldn't. And it's true, like, where it's like, um, we want to make these people, we want to will it. And that's what's so beautiful about God, too, is he gives us choice, mm-hmm. yet he's still so, like you said, so close. He's still so close, but he gives people the choice, and you can't will somebody to do that. And I think in these situations sometimes, we are so focused that this we're going to do something and all this stuff. And God's like you were just explaining where it's just like, just let's just, you know, add a little more, let them get closer to God and let him 
you know, um, determine the steps. But the, these kids, these kids, these people are going to um, come at their own pace. And every, I think you and I have had this conversation. Every pace is different, and we want everyone to be at you the and same. I being. John and oh, John Alicia. and Alicia. For, for everybody <laughs> yeah, who sorry. can't see in the invisible podcast world, everybody has a different pace at what they're going, and no pace is worse um, or better than the other. And God sees that. God sees the whole story in that. I think that's one of the quotes on our wall, and that we picked for the late the quote wall. Oh yeah, I think Tony Dungy said it or something like that, where it's like he knows the whole story, yeah. so we don't know their story. God does, you know. And so we just play that part that he is asking us to, and we trust him with the rest. But I just remember that part in Bruce Almighty where I was like, that's so true. Yeah. Hey, John, who, yeah. who's Tony Dungy? <laughs> He's a coach. He's a uh, football coach from Jackson, Michigan, as a matter of fact. Sucker! Did you know that? I knew that you knew that. Is he still a coach right now? <laughs> no, he's he's not a coach anymore. No, he's not a coach anymore. He drives for Sports Uber. trivia for John. He drives for Uber. Um, this is, this jumped off the page at me this week. I now, I know I've read it before, but it jumped off the page in Matthew 28. You're talking about Thomas, but here it is at the end of Matthew, the great commission when the, when 11 disciples now at that time, right? Mm-hmm. Because, uh, one of them had betrayed him, right? Well, 11 disciples. <laughs> here you go. This is what it says. You ready for this? Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Yeah. Whoa! That's pretty amazing, huh? That is fantastic. Like, I've read that before, but but in the context of what we were talking about this week, and and right now, I'm like, they... Still. They walked the road with him. (laughs) <laughs> Some have put a hand in his side. They've spent. They were there when he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like we get. The if whole anyone deal. had the front row, they all did. <laughs> yeah, everything just as he said. Like just, everything worked out just like he said. But some doubted. Yeah. Man, isn't that amazing? I love that. Doesn't that take the pressure off though? Oh, totally. Now we can love each other, and we don't have to have these big arguments. I will say, and I know that we're going to come to this in a few weeks, so if you're listening on the podcast, we're going to talk about uh, different styles mm-hmm. of how to do all this, because mm-hmm. we're all wired differently. Yeah, we yeah. are. And, and, and there, is, there is sort of an intellectual bent that some, some people have, and they want to they wanna get down into the documents. What's, what's that word behind the word? Or what's, what's, let's excavate the passage of scripture Mm -hmm. and find the historicity behind this, that, or the other thing. That stuff's fascinating. And maybe you're wired that way. And so maybe your conversations will be flavored with that sort of intellectual Mm -hmm. approach. Maybe, maybe you have a different approach and we're going to be talking about different approaches Mm -hmm. for different, different people. Yeah. 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 This is a great series. Thanks for listening to this podcast. And if you have any questions uh, that you want us to bring up in this post-message podcast, or you want us to talk about it on the weekend, that if would you have be... a question for Alicia specifically, yeah, Alicia, we should get you preaching, girl. <laughs> LakesideChurch.com. That'd be good. No, that's not her real. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, but you can send in questions to info at LakesideChurch.com, and we would we would love to uh, talk about them. Be able to hit on some of those things. Uh, Alicia, thanks for being here. Sean, thanks for being here.
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. See you next time. Peace. Out. <laughs> Thanks a ton for listening. We're really looking forward to this upcoming weekend where we ask the question, is this working? That will be fun. If you want to catch previous messages, go to lakesidechurch.com, click on menu and messages, and you can find them there. Peace. Peace.